0: go down all the way close to the bottom, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 28, if I can get my Bible to fold open to the right place, Romans 8, verse 28, if, if you are a believer of any length of time, you really ought to be able to quote this verse, but I'm going to read it for you anyways, here's what the Bible says in the New Living Translation, Romans eight twenty-eight says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I want you to catch that second half now because a lot of people say that we know all things work together for the good of those who love God. The problem is is a lot of people don't really love God that well, but they also, the Bible says, have to be called according to his purpose. Purpose. let's pray real quick father in the name of Jesus I pray that you would just bless this word I pray you bless this moment so we can minister the things the holy truths of the word of God and I thank you right now for each and every individual watching by live stream here in person I thank you for that right now and I pray that their ears would be open their hearts and minds would be receptive to the word of almighty God so they might be changed for your glory I pray right now you hide me inside the shadow of the cross so I may not be seen seen or heard, but that the spirit of almighty God have his way in this place. Now, now listen, amen. Uh, uh, In the South, if y'all didn't know, we're in the South because this is a Southern based church. We're in Arkansas. And growing up, I used to hear this saying all the time, man, it's all good. It's all good. I'd hear that all the time, in an innumerable amount of times, I've heard said, it's all good. It's a, it's a southern saying. So growing up, I kind of grew up with this mentality of the southern mentality of, oh, it's all good. It can it can all be going bad. Somebody say, hey, man, what's up? It's all good, man. How you doing? Because it's just a southern way of life. We're we going to bounce back no matter what happens to us. And, and I just want to go right into this thing now. The Bible says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. To those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now now here's the thing. I want you to understand, and, and you can help me preach it at home, the title of this message is It Didn't Happen to You, It Happened for You. It didn't happen to you, it happened for you. And I, I want to share a story real quick. The USS Thresher, the, the United States submarine Thresher. It was actually the first in its class of naval, naval warfare nuclear submarines. It was actually the title of the class. The, the Thresher class was supposed to be the name of it. It was the very first vessel. And on April 10th, 1963, just a little bit before 8 a.m the thresher was conducting drills off the coast of cape cod massachusetts at 9:13 a.m. the uss skylark the rescue ship participating in these drills received a communication from the thresher that the submarine was experiencing minor problems the first sign of trouble was a garbled message off of about a minor difficulty after the 279 foot vessel descended to over 800 feet close to its crush depth of 1,300 feet. At thirteen hundred feet, the crush depth for the submarine. They receive the Skylark receives another garbled transmission, and then again they realize at this moment through the, all the problems of communication that the propulsion system has failed in this submarine. It is now losing power at crush depth. It's losing its power at crushed depth and they realize that there is nothing the rescue ship can do as it plummets towards the bottom of the ocean and at 1900 feet they receive another transmission and they couldn't really understand and make out what has said but on September 27th of this year 2020 the United States Navy released information through the timing and the, the, the mathematics of it all they figured out that the USS Thresher did not implode until it hit 2,400 feet below sea level. Its crush depth was said to have been 1,300 feet, but it did not implode until 1,100 feet later, and and I thought this was interesting, so I was reading this article, and it said that the crew was attempting to empty the ballast tanks to to no avail, and and the accompanying ship, the Skylark wasn't doing, wasn't able to do anything as it was already too. Deep and that they said this. A vice admiral in 1988 said this. The Navy's chief submarine officer, is who he was, said the loss of the Thresher initiated fundamental changes in the way we do business. Changes in design, construction, inspections, safety checks, tests, and more. We have not forgotten the lessons learned. It's a much safer submarine force today. And so, I want you to understand first and foremost. The reason why it had to happen, I know the Titanic was another great loss at sea. But the reason why it had to happen is because we had to learn some lessons along the way. Though it was catastrophic, we still had to learn some lessons. And I want you to know the first lesson from this word in this Romans chapter 8. The reason why God started his church under the ominous auspice of what we call the Roman Empire is because he knew of the intense, wicked, and impure hearts of the leadership of that day and if a church could be built during the age of crucifixions until they leveled the entire forest and floggings in the halls of the court and lashings in the street he knew if a church could be Built and thrive in that day that no matter what kingdom may come along, his will would still be done. And so I want you to know, it did not happen to the church. It happened for the church. And it said that he calls them according to his purpose. I want you to know what his purpose was because I'm echoing in the words right now of the old prophet Haggai in chapter number two that says, does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor. How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehosadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work. His purpose is for you to get to work. His purpose is to to build the church, build the kingdom, build the accommodations for people to come in from all shapes and sizes and ethnic backgrounds. I just want you to know, he said, now get to work. And then he goes on to say, he says this, it's interesting, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid, for this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. In just a little while I will again shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and dry land. I will shake all nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this house. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be great than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Give God a praise. Oh, I know, I know. I know I'm radical, but I want you to know it did not happen to you. It happened for you. Now get to work. Oh, quit being afraid of the coronavirus. Uh, quit being afraid to shake hands and be a human being and get to work. Uh, get, get up in the spirit realm and see these are lost souls that hell has decided because of the coronavirus. We can't get together, but we got to preach like we never preached. We got to sing like we ain't never seen. Oh, we got to get to work like never before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now listen, huh? I, I read her article recently talking about how the how the, the, the productivity from this work from home mentality has totally destroyed productivity. It is, it is spiraling out of control in a downward fashion on the board. And if you keep your church at home mentality for too long, the work of this house is going to just spiral downward into the gutter. Oh, I want you to understand, we got to get to work. This has not happened to us. This has happened for us because Romans eight twenty eight says and God causes everything. I like the word causes because it really was bad. It really did hurt. It really did kill, but it caused everything that was bad about it to come out on the other side to be good for you. Yeah. Woo. Oh, God's not going to take you out of excuses, so you got to get to work. No matter how bound you are, no matter how painful it feels, no matter how you feel like you may be in a foreign place in this moment, it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. It happened for you. I I want you to know I'm getting done right now. It didn't happen to you. It happened for you. The snakes, shipwrecks, and storms didn't happen to Paul. It happened for Paul. The pit didn't happen to Joseph. It happened for Joseph. The sickness didn't happen to Hezekiah. It happened for Hezekiah. The haters didn't happen to Bartimaeus. They happened for Bartimaeus. The Babylonian captivity didn't happen to Israel, it happened for Israel. The boiling in oil didn't happen to John, it happened for John. The cross didn't happen to Jesus, it happened for Jesus. The scripture says, if I be lifted up on the cross, I'll draw all men unto me. So without the snake shipwrecks, and storms there would be no European or American church. Without the pit, there would have been no palace. Without the sickness of Hezekiah, there would have been no healing. Without the haters, there wouldn't have been their miraculous. Without the captivity, there would have been no temple for Jesus to ride up to in prophecy. Without the oil, there would have been no revelation of who Jesus was. And without the cross, there would have been no Isaac's ram, no Joseph's redeemer, no Abraham's seed, no seed of the woman, no wonderful counselor, no mighty God, no everlasting father, no prince of peace, no bright and morning star, No soon-and-coming king. No fairest of 10,000. No bread when you're hungry. No water when you're thirsty. No God who is able. No preparer of your table. No doctor in the sick room. No lawyer in the courtroom. No father to the fatherless. No mother to the motherless. No friend to the friendless. No joy in your sorrow. Nor any hope for tomorrow. It did not happen to you. It happened for you. Oh, Ah, I want you to know what the Bible says in Romans 8.18, and I'm done. Oh, the Bible says in Romans 8.18, the title of this passage is the future glory. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Some translations say in us later. If you go back and you read what's transpiring in the Bible at that time, you will find out that there was a lot happening to the church. Now, let me break it down for you. Pastor Jesus died, and he's got 11 associate pastors trying to figure out what do we do now? He's got 11 associates Looking at one another in the boardroom saying, what do we do now? And they all said, well, Jesus said his last thing he said to us was go to Jerusalem and wait. So I reckon we ought to all go to Jerusalem and wait. So they gathered up over over 400 people. They go to Jerusalem and by the time they get done waiting, there's only 120 the church, the church decided to emancipate itself from waiting on the Lord. I, that's another sermon. I'll preach that somewhere else. But, but they, they, they emancipated themselves from waiting on the Lord. So by the time that their wait is over, the Holy Spirit comes, falls on them like tongues of fire, and then they start going everywhere. 3,000 people saved in one sermon. Now you talk about some good preaching. I don't care what you feel about Acts chapter 2 until you can preach like Peter did and get 3,000 people saved in one setting. I mean Ryan is dead and so is Brother Billy Graham and so I don't know of anybody doing that these days. I'm just saying you, you, gotta, you gotta really have that anointing of the Holy Ghost to preach like that. So they start spreading out because they, they couldn't contain this incredible message of hope and love. And and then all of a sudden, the Roman Empire starts cracking down on them. By the time you get to Romans chapter 1, it's, it's a sin problem all over the place. They're fighting law and grace and back and forth. And, and by the time you get to Romans at chapter 8, verse number 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I want you to know before I walk off this stage, the suffering of the old people, Paradigm, The suffering of the old shift. You may have experienced glory like your tongue cannot explain. But what's coming next is because of what happened in the past. It's not something to happen to you. It's something to happen for you. And Peter said it this way. This is to your children and your great-grandchildren and your great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren and as many as the Lord God shall call. It did not happen to you. It happened for you. And as I I make my final remarks, I want you to understand the Roman Empire was ruthless. You think you got it bad in California. You ain't got nothing. Historians say that after the siege of Jerusalem, when they finally broke through the walls, when Titus, General Titus, broke through the walls of Jerusalem, they leveled the forest of Ariel, building crosses, crucifying 500 people every single day. This is the type of government that the early church was dealing with. And guess what? It thrived. It was healthy. They had diseases in that day too. And that church, that group of believers rose up in the name of Jesus and cursed diseases. They cursed plagues. They cursed sicknesses. Because it didn't happen to them. It happened for them. Without great diseases, how are you ever going to see, see somebody laying down on a mat? The Bible never said that Jesus actually touched this man. The Bible said that Jesus, go back and read it, do your due diligence. Go back and read it. Jesus was sitting down. He was at Peter's house sitting down teaching. This is in the Bible. The Bible says specifically he was sitting down. Matt comes in. He's laying on his mat. He comes in from the roof. They drop him down, and he says to the man, get up and get out of here. And this is the kind of influence that the 12 had on their lives. And this is the kind of influence you should have on your life. To speak like an authoritarian. The the vocal cords of the kingdom are authoritative. Because Jesus said, speak to the mountain. He said, speak to the, he said, you go do your due diligence. You can look that up. He was an authoritarian. The Bible says that that the Roman comes to him, the Roman soldier. He says, I'm a man of power. You're a man of power. So I understand how this works. He said, you just tell me that my servant's healed and I'll go back home. He'll be healed. Jesus never laid hands on him. So tonight, I want you to realize who you are. It didn't happen to you. It happened for you. So you lost a job, so you lost an income source, so, so you lost your peace for a moment, so you lost your joy for a moment. I'm just going to tell you right now, it did not happen to you, it happened for you. I prophesy that in the name of Jesus, it did not happen to you, it happened for you in Jesus' name. But now we got to get to work we got to start inviting them people back to church, inviting them them homosexual siblings and and aunts and uncles back to church, inviting them sinners and them heathens up into the church house. And guess what? We ain't going to change our message. No, we're going to preach like we ain't never preached uh, under convicting power of the Holy Ghost to say you're living in sin, but there's still a God in heaven (laughs) who has died for your sin and will wipe away every one of your sins, every one of your tears and transgressions and make you pure and clean and holy we will never back down from our convictions to serve this society it's time to get to work if you want to get to work, I want you to right now touch your device that you're watching. I want you to touch that as a point of contact. Oral Roberts back in the day would have a radio show. And, and when he would go to pray for people, he would have them touch their radio. And people would get healed by touching their radio. So as a point of contact, right now, just touch the device you're watching on. If, if you're listening to it, go ahead and touch it. If you've if you got it on Bluetooth, go ahead and touch that device. I'm going to pray for you that you will be emboldened and empowered like never before. Because this did not happen to you. This happened for you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says in Psalm 107, he he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. We're in a destructive time, God. We're in a destructive time. But the Bible says that just one word from you will heal them all. Oh, I pray that you would come and heal our land right now. Heal our government structures right now. Heal our politicians right now. Expose them sinning politicians for who they are. Bring it to the forefront and let their sins and their own transgressions be cast down. In Jesus' name, let these people watching be at peace. Let them be at peace in their spirit. At peace in their home. At peace at their job. At peace at one heart let them be at peace to know you're still on your throne you're not dealing with arthritis you're not dealing with cancer you don't have these problems like us weak feeble humans have you're not dealing with them cause you've overcome them you have the keys right now to unlock and to bind every single thing that holds us back so let them be at peace with the knowledge they are empowered to work for you I thank you right now for all that you're doing I pray blessings on these houses, Father, that they would be blessed as they work for you. They would be blessed as they work for you as souls get saved under their ministry to lose the mentality that it's the pastor's job to preach and win souls in an altar, that it's my job to preach with my life and my job to preach at my job, to share the word, to be instant in season and out of season, even if I'm standing in the bread section at harps. Oh, give them an unction in the next seven days right now in Jesus' name while they're in public to let them know that you still speak in public places. Let them minister to somebody in the next seven days in public. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I bind all this up in the blood in Jesus' name. Amen.